It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never been vice president of the United States. Mike Pence, he sure was for four years under Donald Trump. And he is going to join us today on the show, making his Fox Across America debut to have a candid conversation about his old boss, Donald Trump. And, of course, the guy in the White House now who has just decided to boost oil production in Venezuela while still not doing anything for the American people here. Uh, Not a great look uh, by President Biden, but 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of today's show. A show that sounds a little bit like an MTV Unplugged as we get on the air this morning on a big Monday. I just got off the TV with Bill Hemmer, Dana Perino. Uh, But the bottom line is uh, on this show, I say every day, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. All we ever ask is that you don't be a That is it. Old school radio. That's what we do. It's a talk show. I say it a lot. But happy Thanksgiving. Uh, If I did not get a chance to correspond with you. Over the Thanksgiving break, I did make an attempt to return every single message I got. Uh, But things got a little dicey. Uh, I was seeing double when I looked at the keyboard. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. (laughs) I don't know. That was a heck of a way to go through the weekend. But the point is I have adult responsibilities now. But if you did reach out and wish Lincoln fail a happy birthday after seeing the shout-out for him on The Five, awesome. Thank you for doing that. Uh, We also posted on the Fox Cross America Facebook page as well. If you got a response on the page, that was from Lincoln. I actually uh, got home last night and turned the keyboard over to him. And I actually thought he did a phenomenal job. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Fine. Well, you know who's not doing a phenomenal job? Uh, The guy in the Oval Office right now. That's true. That is true. Like Pence is coming up today. Mike Pence is going to be on the show. We're going to have a real serious grown-up conversation about the four years he spent in the White House. We're certainly going to talk about the next four years and who the next occupant of the Oval Office is going to be. Some people don't believe it'll be Donald Trump. Wrong. Okay, well, we'll see how it plays out. But the point is, I'm very excited to talk to Pence and give this audience the person behind the politics. That's the whole hook of the show. As I say, when you listen to this program, you know, we're giving you real people. I'm like a real guy. And when we have guests on, you know, we kind of talk off the beaten path a little bit just to kind of showcase their personalities and distill this on a human level. Because at the core of politics, you know, you could be a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian or anything in between. But these issues that we're dissecting, these issues that we're fighting over have very human consequences. You know, when we talk about the border, you can tell me there's a, you know, there's a philosophy behind your decision to secure the border or leave it open, but the consequence is a human one, okay? It's not a political one. People are dying from fentanyl at a record level in this country. That is a human consequence. So oftentimes when we're trying to distill what's going on in our politics, I'm trying to give it to you in a way that allows people to comprehend the effect of said policy. Okay, which brings me down to Venezuela. So we get this news out of the Biden administration over the weekend, and that's where I want to begin, because this is consequential. 
Okay, palace intrigue between Pence and Trump. I'm really excited to talk to him today. But it's not as consequential as what's going on at the gas pump where the current price of gas was just read to me as... They don't even they don't even give you a number anymore. They just they just tell you what kind of trick you got to turn behind the gas station. Diesel's way up. It's a mess. And it's all being done in the name of what? Environmental virtue signaling in the sense that this all began when Biden got into office. He killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline and 10,000 American jobs to go with it. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It was profoundly stupid. Declaring war on our own fossil fuel industry profoundly stupid and it's dishonest because there's no world where we can live okay and not actually like starve people to death okay not freeze people to death in need of heat okay not oh i don't know have people die of heat death when there's too much heat in the summer and they don't have air conditioning we can't live without fossil fuels right now we can't live without fossil fuels at any point in the next hundred years he knows what he's talking about but this idea that they're trying to sell a worldview. Well, we got to start cut, cut, cutting here in America. Oh, we got to cut the fossil fuels. We're going to be all electric behind the wheel by 2035. <laughs> Yo, I'm just being honest with you. It's not physically possible, number one. Number two, we're putting our economy at a huge disadvantage. The Keystone Energy Pipeline took 10,000 American jobs with it. Okay, and understand none of this reduces pollution. When they declared war on the fossil fuel industry and Biden said no more federal subsidies for drilling, you know, no more tax abatements, nothing to encourage domestic energy production. We're going to go to wind and solar and uh, yeah, great. okay, fine. But does any of that have the current capacity to power this country? The answer would be no. Okay, but understand when we took that approach, we not only decimated our economy, but we created more pollution. Okay, if you're someone who cares about pollution, you should be losing your mind over what Joe Biden is doing in outsourcing production to countries like Venezuela. Why? Because we burn fuel 42 percent cleaner here in America than they do anywhere else. So what does that mean? It means we're basically like the mafia. We're just cutting a check so we don't get our own hands dirty. Okay, it's not less pollution. Okay, our consumption habits are the same. But the difference being is instead of burning it here where it's cleaner, we're outsourcing it to other countries where it's not only filthy, but it then has to make its way back into our country. Okay, which means we need to waste even more fuel to get it here, which means you get even more pollution. Okay, this is idiotic. It's the kind of thing that if you didn't know any better, you would legitimately think like they were trying to sabotage the country. Okay, I don't get on the air and do that show. Oh, these commies want to bring America to its knees. It's not my show. I don't doubt there are people in the Democratic Party that feel that way, but it's not all of them. It's not most of them. Is it a percentage of them? Yes, unfortunately. Just the same as there's a percentage of people in the Republican Party that aren't the best human beings in the world either. I'm not here telling you anybody's throwing a perfect game. But the reality is, okay, they're mismanaging our economy, they're mismanaging the environment, and they're mismanaging, okay, our footing on the world stage in a spectacularly bad fashion. Okay, we're outsourcing production to Venezuela at a time when China's just opening up more coal plants, at a time when Germany, with a population a third of ours, 
instilled basically every green energy initiative we wanted. Basically, (laughs) the wish list when Greta Thornburg blew out the candles on her birthday cake five years ago is in place in Germany. And guess what happened in Germany? They ran out of power. Okay, started reverting to coal and exploring other means of production. Of course, trying to import oil from Russia. Okay, understand energy. Energy is security. Energy is security because, number one, in this country, it's such a massive, massive faction of our economy. But number two, it gives us the latitude and the independence to operate without being concerned with world events. Not that we don't care what happens, but the point is if Vladimir Putin throws a hissy fit and says, I'm sending a tank into Kiev, we don't have to pay 5.22 a gallon if we're producing it all here, if we are energy independent as we were before these idiots took office. But this is dopey stuff. Here is Stephen Moore, okay? Some Fox and Friends yesterday just laying it bare about drilling in Venezuela. Here it is, clip 13. We're going to allow, uh, you know, Chevron to do drilling in Venezuela when we're, <laughs> this is the same administration, Will, that won't allow us to do drilling here in the United States, not in Texas, not in Oklahoma, not in Alaska, not in West Virginia, but we can pump oil from, from uh, Venezuela. It makes absolutely no sense. It's put America last energy policy. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know. But the states he's mentioning, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, Alaska, West Virginia. How about, oh, I don't know, South Dakota. Okay, you think of a place like South Dakota where people are listening to us on the radio right now. You're listening in North Dakota. You're listening in South Dakota. You know, and the point is those jobs, okay, not from an economic standpoint, from a quality of life standpoint, from the affected as on fuel price standpoint, they're all taking a back seat to this idiotic green energy agenda which is being implemented by people who, one, don't understand our economy, and two, don't understand energy. Again, these idiots, they're they're idiots. I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to their gender. Idiots come in all shapes and sizes. They come in every race. If you don't believe me, just watch The View. The View is awful. Okay, but these idiots that are decimating our energy sector, okay, that are sending a message to the rest of the world that America is not going to be a leader When it comes to fossil fuels, which I got to be honest, guys, they're not going away. That's the point. So we can say like, yeah, we care about the environment. We're going to save the planet Earth. That's what we're doing over here. They're crazy. Okay, they're stupid to go with the crazy. Because everybody else goes, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll just boost the production then to meet America's needs and charge them a couple extra bucks and ship the money across the world. Here is Christy Noem. Governor of South Dakota, you've heard her on the show before. Just flat out, I mean, she's telling you the truth. Biden is doubling down on a really bad policy. It's clip 15. We see him doing more to do bad deals and incentivize Venezuelan oil rather than American clean energy. Uh, So he's doubling down on very bad policies that are impacting families here incredibly Uh, every single day. So in South Dakota, we grow a lot of the world's food. Uh, We just do. We feed people. And when you drive up fuel costs um, like they have in diesel and gas, uh, that is impacting farmers, farmers and how they take care of their families, but how they get your food to the processors that put it on the grocery store shelves. And a lot of that is just passed on. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. It really is. Like when you you realize what's going on, the indifference to farmers, 
Okay, I'm reading messages on the Fox Cross America Facebook page of people being so profoundly impacted by the spike in diesel that they're not getting all their farm work done. Like, we really have priced the small farmer, you know, to the brink in this country. You know, there's so much big ag now. There's so much out there in terms of industrialized farming that's made it impossible for the mom and pop to keep up because the cost of machinery has gotten so expensive that if you're not farming 10,000 acres of land, you're not going to turn a profit. You know, families like the one my wife grew up in, families like the farm, you know, her dad spent so much of his adult life working on, my man Fritzy, the late great Fritzy out in Wapakoneta, Ohio. Okay, they don't play ball in the same division that they did, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. They're not the priority anymore when it comes to this administration. And when you hear that the energy policy has no regard for the farmers, the people that are producing the food we eat in this country, I'm telling you, the people implementing that energy policy are idiots. I tell you every day, I need to lose weight as much as anybody. But if we're going to make diesel $9 a gallon, we're all going to wind up losing a lot more weight than anybody bargained for. Okay, but that's the reality we're living in now. We are outsourcing energy production to filthier production means in other parts of the world. It is that simple. You can tell me, oh, you, you're a guy who cares about the environment. I respect you. That's fine. But understand, by getting this oil somewhere else, you are causing more net pollution. We not only produce it filthier in those other countries, but we waste fuel to get it here. Okay, ergo, the consumption stays the same, but we tack on more fuel to get the fuel we would have had here in the first place if Biden didn't just go out and declare war on our fossil fuel industry. Biden sucks. He really does. And the people advising him suck that much harder. Okay, but now we're talking about not even fuel supply. We're talking about food supply. Okay, that's the reality of what we're up against. And this is the mafia. You know, a guy in the mafia doesn't want to kill anybody and go to jail. So what do you do? You pay somebody cash to do it for you. Hey, you know that thing we talked about? It's finished. You know that whole thing? That's what we're now doing with energy production. It's become good fellas. Okay, but in this instance, if you're looking around at the policy and how it's affecting the rest of the country, they're not good fellas. They're just dumb fellas. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. It is Fox Across America. With your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Mike Pence is on the show today. Going to be talking to the former vice president. We will also be talking to the queen of daytime, Harris Faulkner. And, of course, we'll get into your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. 888-788-9910. Right now, really quickly, I just want to put a button on this revelation out of the White House that we're going to be boosting production down in Venezuela. What did they tell us? What did they tell us for the entire fall? We got to... you know, we got to protect democracy. Democracy's under attack. It's what we got to do. Democrats are so full of crap. And I can say that. Why? Because they're not looking to boost production in Texas. They're not going down the Kilgore to those East Texas oil fields. 
and saying, hey, let's uh, step on the gas. They're not hanging out with my people in East Texas, the KTBB listeners saying, hey, we got to boost production. They're not up in Oklahoma. You know, if you're hanging out with the Eagle in Oklahoma City or KRMG up in Tulsa, no, they're not talking oil up there where there's plenty of democracy to go around. No, they're outsourcing it to Venezuela, where last I checked, there was an authoritarian government in place, and they didn't have any democracy at all. But here we go, the protectors of democracy, now outsourcing our oil production to countries that don't have any. It was not lost on Kathleen Gamma, who was talking about Biden's hypocrisy on Fox and Friends. Here it is, clip 14. Texas has a heck of a lot more democracy than Venezuela. Um, so, you know, I think it's a an excuse uh, trying to find um, justification for doing something that doesn't really make sense. Uh, we also had right before the Thanksgiving holiday, speaking of bearing informa- bad information on, you know, a holiday weekend, that put in place seven new policies to make it more difficult for us to produce in North Dakota, Wyoming, and New Mexico on federal lands. So they're putting in place more process, more red tape, more obstacles here on the American producer. And then they're suddenly determining that Venezuela is a beacon of democracy. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Venezuela, you understand. We're not, you know, we're not talking about the United States. And this idea again and again and again, because the whole clean energy thing, it's a scam. It's an actual scam. None of the people selling you on the idea of green energy are doing anything to adjust their lifestyle other than the fact that they have to buy bigger private jets. Okay, no one's reducing their carbon footprint. They're pulling in on the carbon foot on the big carbon footprint private jet and going, the world's going to end. Please give us money. And then they fly away. They go to the next town. They're like, you don't understand. It's bad. The world's going to end. Please give us money. And then they bundle up the money. They fly again to the next market. Look, guys, it's really bad. We got to we got to boost production down in Venezuela. Because it's getting so expensive here. We don't want to squeeze the American people. So please give us money. Okay, but you understand they're screwing us. They're screwing us. First of all, there is no future in this country in the next 200 years where we're doing this without fossil fuel. Everything you're looking at, everything you're looking at as you listen to the show, I don't even know where you're listening. It could be in a car. It could be an OTR trucker. It could be at the hospital. It could be at the gym. It could be cooking meth in a Winnebago Walter White style. I don't know. I don't judge, okay? I'm happy to have an audience. You got my level of talent. You're not going to bat anybody away. I don't care where you're listening, okay? But the reality is no matter what you're looking at when you open your eyes right now, it involved petroleum, okay, in order for it to be made. There's no world where we're doing this without it. So this idea that we can just keep yelling and screaming about clean energy and make the problem go away is not a real solution to a real problem that's getting worse by the second. So could somebody in the White House pull their head out of their... Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. 
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, we are back in action after a long holiday weekend. Or I'm not going to lie, your radio buddy got a little carried away with the fork and knife. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. I was on America's Newsroom this morning. I look like a talking ham. Uh, we will post the video on the Fox Across America Facebook page shortly. Uh, I'm just kind of rallying the troops right now. we got a big day. Harris Faulkner's coming up. Mike Pence is coming up. Uh, but, of course, neither of them would go on the air unless they got an opening act uh, from Hedgesville, West Virginia. That is my man, George. Yo, George! Hey, Jimmy, how are you today? Happy Thanksgiving, Pest. Uh, anyway. <laughs> no, I'll take it. Thanks, buddy. I have an order of protection against Thanksgiving at this point. I went a little too hard. Yeah, you you better um, plan a little differently next year. I hey, what I noticed what talking about oil policy is yeah. uh, all the states you were naming off. Let's see, Wyoming, mm. North mm. and South Dakota, Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Uh, are they red states, Jimmy? Ooh, I see where you're going with this. You think he has it out for the reds? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Who knows the motive in that man's heart? It's confusing and hard to keep up with. But, it, you know, and there's some oil in Pennsylvania, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's not 100% across the yeah, board. Yeah, fracking's big Ohio deal. has pretty good uh, gas production, too. But mm-hmm. it just seems like the red states are the victims here. Listen, uh, it's hard to take anything they do at face value. But regardless of what the motivation is, okay, it, they they – they don't know what they're doing. You know, when it comes to the economic impact, when it comes to the impact this yeah. is going to have on food production, either way you slice it, they're really, they're really kneecapping the country here. And again, they're not helping the environment along the way. So regardless of motivation, and you can't dismiss what you just cited because they hate, the left hates the middle of the country. But regardless of the motivation, the fact remains we're running a fool's errand. And it's really bizarre. I mean, in, in your time on this earth, in this country, did you ever really get out of bed and feel like the administration was prioritizing the other sides of the world more than this one? I mean, we've, you know, we've done all kinds of things in terms of foreign policy, but I really have never seen America take such a visible backseat. Is that new to you, too? Uh, yeah, it's uh, America last. It, seemed, it started in the 60s and 70s where America wasn't a priority um, and, uh, in the left, but uh, American policy. But mm-hmm. this is really the worst. You've made good points about it. It's just stupid economic policy. It doesn't make sense in terms of clean energy or anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just really wrong. No, I, I agree. I, I will I will share your thoughts. I will send them to Washington because they need to know the people of Hedgesville have spoken. George, I appreciate the call. Thanks for going easy on me, man. Uh, 888-788-9910. We will work more of your calls in along the way, but you've got to be as polite and as on point as George was because I am banged up. It was a great weekend. We had Lincoln's birthday. We had a lot go on. So as you'd imagine, I would get on, you know, get on the air today on Monday and woo, we're back. We're getting the gang together, you know, that whole thing. And I was so excited to be here today. But the things I witnessed over the weekend are twofold. One is obviously the outsourcing of energy production, which, again, is just it's weapons grade stupid, man. I'm not saying that as like a Republican or, you know. Fox News radio guy who wants you to get you mad at the liberals. That's not what I do, man. I don't care. That's so lazy. Okay, the point is we have the capacity to be energy independent in this country, meaning we can become a net exporter again. Okay, we can become a country that has over 200 years of reserves underneath its feet right now that can still manage to cut emissions, because here's a newsflash. Do you remember that big Paris Climate Change Agreement? Oh, the Paris Climate Change Agreement. You don't understand. These 
They're changing the world. You know, Barack Obama, he's got it all figured out is what's happening. Don't be thick, all right? Thick was the fact that the Paris Climate Change Agreement was a non-binding treaty. What that means is every country that got the photo op that day, everybody who shook hands and, oh, we're in Paris eating croissants and Beaujolais for breakfast. Bring me some more frog legs. Oh, it's fabulous. Woo, we're saving the world. Okay, non-binding means they didn't have to do or keep any of the commitments in the agreement. Oh, wow. It means we just like shook hands. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's good, man. We're all going to do We're all going to cut emissions. And to be clear, we did. Okay, we honor our agreements. We're America. Our world's supposed to matter on the world stage. So we did begin the process of decimating domestic energy production when we signed the Paris Climate Change Agreement. You know who didn't? China. You know who didn't? India. The two biggest polluters in the world by a margin of five aren't doing anything to cut emissions right now. So what that means is when we all share the same planet, it's the same planet. What we do to the air runs into what China does to the air, runs into what Russia does. You understand we're all in the same giant pool. Okay, we have, for all intents and purposes, just created a no peeing section in our end of the pool. And why are the kids ewing? Because there's no such thing as a no peeing section. If you can pee in one section, it's going to wind up in all the sections. Bingo. And that's where we find ourselves now. Okay, this is weapons grade stupid. Not only is it decimating our economy. Not only is it putting us behind the eight ball on the world stage, because the truth is what Vladimir Putin does in Ukraine does have a bit of an effect on us. Now, to be clear, oil prices were going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. So when they turned around and were like, oh, it's Putin's price hike. Now, you know, that's not even close. It wasn't Putin's price hike. OK, Putin didn't decide to end subsidies for drilling in this country. Putin didn't decide. We were going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline and take 10,000 American jobs with it. That was not Putin. That was Joe Biden. Okay, that was far left Democrats who think they're saving the world, who are doing nothing themselves to save it other than saying nice things to you about cutting back on emissions and your carbon footprint and then passing around the collection plate at the end of the rally. Pay up, suckers. That's what's going on. But you understand it's screwing us over. And on a level we don't even talk about, when it comes to gas, we always talk about, well, well, you're getting killed at the pump. And people will give cursory mention to the fact that our OTR truckers pay more for diesel, which, of course, does what? Drives up the cost of everything that lands on a shelf in America. Because if it costs more money to ship it, they're not just going to go, well, oh, well, I guess profits are going to go away now that we're paying all of this in gas. No. What they're going to do is pass that cost on to you. I admire your honesty. That's what they're going to do. But now if you dive another depth further into the impact that fuel prices and specifically diesel are having on you as an American, you as someone who wants to feed a family, okay, the cost of diesel is crushing farmers, crushing them. And understand if they're paying more, okay, to run those machines – Yes, it's putting a bigger burden on them when it comes to turning over that crop, when it comes to turning a profit, when it comes to their ability to mass produce crops. Okay, we are running 
in the direction of food shortages. I'm not saying we're there. I'm not trying to be an alarmist guy. I'm not about to go to commercial and sell you some kit that'll save your life when we run out of food. That's not who I am. Okay, but the bottom line is these people are mismanaging our energy sector with a stunning level of incompetence. Like you could train an ape to do a better job than the one Joe Biden is doing in the White House. And I don't necessarily believe it's Joe Biden doing that job. I, you know, nine times out of ten believe this is an iTunes user agreement. You know, he got into the Oval Office and they're like, listen, old man, you want your pudding cup yes or no? You want your pudding cup? And he's like, all right, okay. Scroll to the end of this executive order and click I agree. And that's it. We killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline. All right, great. A pudding cup? Yeah, all right, great. Hey, can I get a vanilla one? Vanilla? You want a vanilla one, too? I'll tell you what. Scroll to the bottom of this executive order. You're going to kill the border wall and remain in Mexico policy. All right, but I definitely get the pudding cup. Yeah, but only if you scroll to the bottom and click I agree. And he just clicks I agree. I really don't believe he's in charge, okay? I know so many people, some of which appear on this show, that have a really good relationship with this White House, that are going to the White House Christmas party, that worked on Biden's campaign. And some of them will be the first ones to tell you, yeah, you often get the feeling the engine's running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But do you understand if the people within this administration that are rolling him on energy policy know that, you know who else knows that? World leaders. Okay, when they see something as weapons grade stupid as us cutting domestic energy production, but outsourcing it to places like Venezuela in the name of reducing pollution... They really look at the United States of America and they're like, are you stupid or something? <laughs> like, wait, what What do you mean? So like they like they almost think like it's a hustle, like there must be something going on. They're like, I don't understand. How does the country with the capacity to produce as much oil as it wants to be completely energy? Why are they not playing that card? I don't get it. It's almost like they think it's some kind of a setup. But then they think a sentence further down the road, they look at who's in charge of this country and they go, no, they're just just dumb people. We just have a bunch of people inside this administration who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris and I approve this message. It's crazy. okay? and I tell you, as I watch this stuff day in and day out, I don't like to analyze it from a political level. I don't like to say, well, this is how it's going to affect them in November. okay? yeah, that stuff matters, but I'm more concerned with how it affects you now. And the reason I'm more concerned with how it affects you now is because we have people in the White House who aren't. And that's new to me. And I don't like where it's headed. So one of us has to keep calling it out because it ain't going away anytime soon. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. Welcome back to Scared at Five. I'm Don Deathly. Sue Strangler is in for Don Drownham. Take it away, Sue. Is there a 45-foot boa constrictor living inside your household plumbing? And does it have COVID? It's a long story, and we'll unravel it later. But first... Do Instagram filters cause cancer? And do the filters have COVID? It's hard to picture, but there's no airbrushing the fact that it's possible. We'll have the photo finish around the corner. But first... 
Can microwave popcorn give you Ebola? And does Ebola have COVID? We'll have a kernel of truth in seconds, but first... A public service announcement about the brain-killing parasite that could be in your drinking water. And if it does kill you, could your coffin have COVID? Find out next on Scared at Five, your home for news so good it's terrifying. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And Dr. Fauci was on the Sunday shows yesterday... Trying to scare you one more time for the road. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Listen to this back and forth on Face the Nation, where Fauci's discussing with Margaret Brennan the possibility of closing schools again. Yo, here is a newsflash. We're not closing the schools, nor should we have ever closed the schools. This is not some shock jock radio guy talking to you. The American Academy of Pediatrics said in the summer of 2020, Kids were safer in school than they were at home for a multitude of reasons, okay? But thankfully, by the grace of God, kids weren't particularly susceptible to the virus, which meant putting them together wasn't necessarily a dangerous thing when it came to transmission, but then there were the offshoot side effects as it pertains to health, keeping them home, not socializing them, led to higher rates of depression and suicide and self-harm. Heaven forbid a kid was in a home that was domestically abusive, far much harder to diagnose for a teacher over Zoom than it was in person. Then there was the fact that malnourished kids who come from poorer households weren't getting nutrition that they would normally get if they were eating it at school. There were a range of side effects. But this was sold to us as, well, if you want to send the kids to school, you're being cavalier with their health. It's no differently than the people that are yelling at you for not getting your kid vaccine boosted when they themselves can't provide you with any data whatsoever that says this vaccine has any benefits to the kids, number one. Number two, we don't know anything about the long-term consequences of giving these kids the vaccine. Yet there are folks out there like Dr. Fauci every day, oh, you got to vaccine boost your kid. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Listen to Fauci trying to scare you one more time for old time's sake. Clip eight. Coming out of the holidays. Should parents expect schools to shut down? I don't know, uh, uh, Margaret. I'm not sure. When, when you talk about shutting down schools, there's always the collateral That's also effect. radioactive. <laughs> exactly. There's always the collateral issue. So you have to balance, and you do it in real time, depending upon the viral load of disease in your region, whether... You know, the upper northeast may be quite different from the southwest, from the, from, the, from the Pacific coast, from the upper northwest. So you have to have the local authorities evaluate on a situation-by-situation basis the, the potential collateral deleterious effects with the effects of what might happen if you have so many kids getting infected. Get them out of here. Get them out. Okay, you know who you consult over whether or not we should shut down schools? Are you ready for it? You consult nobody. Correct the mundo. Because you don't shut them down. Okay, the kids cannot continue to be the collateral damage for the culture war that has become of us in the COVID era. Okay, they're the ones. The kids don't have a lobbyist group. The teachers, yeah, teachers unions, Randy Weingartner is out there right now making the rounds, talking about, you know, RSV is up and the flu and we got kids and we got to be looking at. Get her out. Get her out of here. Get her out of here. Okay, the American Academy of Pediatrics said in the summer of 2020, we got to send these kids back to school. They're safer in school. This is pre-vaccine. We don't even have a vaccine, okay, in the summer of 2020. And the American Academy of Pediatrics says we need to be sending our kids to school for their own health, safety, and well-being. 
Randy Weingartner and the Teachers Union. If you listened close to every one of her press releases, you could hear girls just want to have fun playing in the background. They just wanted to drink rosé all day. Wine in the pajamas. A couple of classes on Zoom. Go do a little yoga. Maybe we'll shoot a TikTok video. Do you remember those videos they shot out in Chicago? The interpretive dance videos? Then we had people telling us anybody who wanted to open the schools was a white supremacist. And they were reinforcing the patriarchy and misogyny. Would you shut up? Okay, do you know who was harmed the most by school closures? Minority children in failing schools, already not getting an education that's on par with national standards, now being told they can get that education over a laptop for a few hours a day. I had my kid on every single week. That's how you guys came to know Lincoln Fela. We launched a show called Fox Across America on March 9th of 2020. Yes, and Pee Wee Herman is laughing because five days after we launched Fox Across America, the world shut down. I'm not complaining. I'm laughing at the irony and the insanity of it all. But I was so appreciative of this opportunity. The one thing I've been doing on this show, whatever amount of time you've been listening, we started on about 27 stations. We're on over 125 now. It's a lot of growth. It's pretty something. Okay, and you played a big part in it. So be just as proud as I am because, believe me, I couldn't have did it without you. But the one thing I have always given you guys is access. I said, if hey, I was lucky enough to get my hands on a platform like this, I was just going to give it to you real, real, whatever that meant. Some days you're going to get pissed off. But I think every day you could appreciate the level of candor you're getting from me because I don't have a real horse in any of this other than I want all of us to do well. A rising tide lifts all boats. So for every single week that schools were locked down, my kid came on this show every Friday and we just talked about the learning process. What are you learning? Are you learning anything at all? Are the kids engaged? Is anybody acting out? Is your teacher expressing any type of frustration? Do you think this is helping? And we talked about it every single week week every week and Lincoln was pretty forthright with the fact that it was all pretend they'd open the laptop you know pretend to be paying attention and then go play some more Fortnite. do you understand we screwed kids up and the fact that we didn't have a lobbyist group pushing back on their behalf ended if you saw the results in elections like Florida and Virginia a lot of parents looked at how the kids got screwed over and were like I'm as mad as hell and I'm not gonna take this anymore Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, back in action. Somehow, against all odds in Las Vegas, survived not only the holiday weekend, but the 14th birthday of my son, Lincoln Fallon. It was a wild one in the Fallon house. But here we are reporting for duty on a big Monday episode of the show, Harris Faulkner, the queen of daytime, stopping by in this hour to discuss her new book, Faith Still Moves Mountains. And another guy who has a book out, uh, former vice president of the United States of America, Mike Pence, making his Fox Across America debut on the show. 888-788-9910. If you want to join either of these phenomenal characters and being a part of today's shindig. You know, I say every day to the point of exhaustion. If you're a regular listener, you know every word that's going to come out of my mouth when I say this whole thing. But Fox Across America, it is an audio safe space. What I mean by that, it's not like a college campus where we're like, you can't challenge any of our thoughts. We stand over here in this little circle and you can't hurt our feelings. No, we're not talking about that. Okay, when I say it's a safe space, 
kind of ironically. I mean, it's a safe space to say anything you want as long as you can behave. This is a good old-fashioned talk show. If you're a member of this country, you're somebody who roots for this country from afar, okay, we want your thoughts. We want your questions, comments, conspiracy theories, pork chop recipes, tweets, texts, carrier pigeons, Smoke signals if you're Elizabeth Warren. Whatever it takes, just just hit me up one way or the other. And the only rule we ever have is we will hear you out. We will honor your thought. Thank you for your contribution, providing you're not a Because right now when you look around Washington, there is no shortage of Oh, man, oh, boy, oh, man. But we begin in this hour, oddly enough, out in California, of all places. Uh, California, if you've ever been there uh, in the last five or six years, it's uh, it's disgusting. It's actually in a really bad state of disrepair. And uh, I always joke about, you know, letting myself go. Oh, look at Jimmy. He's eating and drinking too much again. And it's, you know, I kind of lead flaw first on the radio. I want you to realize that I'm a regular guy just like you. We don't all have to live with this fake facade of perfection because every one of us is a hot mess in our own little way. Okay, you've all got different habits and proclivities and things you're into. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to tell you I am just as flawed as you are. I am not throwing any rocks out of this glass house of mine. Okay, but the point being is I often go through these pockets where I will tell you, oh, I was wearing a lot of navy blue on TV this week because I got fat again. And, you know, it's an old TV trick. If you can match your eyes to your jacket or to your tie, it kind of contours your face a little bit. And it gives you, you know, a little bit slimmer of a look on TV. It's an old trick. If you see me wearing navy, I tell you this on the air. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Yeah, I do. That's the point. Okay, I'm a mess, and I'm respecting the fact, you know, every artist has a process. I can be a mess. But when I'm calling out myself for letting myself go, you know, oh, Jimmy's eating a little too much. He's on the road a little too much. It's one thing to see a person do it, okay? But as someone who observes these characteristics in himself repeatedly, it really is fascinating and disheartening to see a society do it. Like, I'm watching a society let itself go. In a lot of big blue cities. Okay, New York's a good example. Los Angeles, San Francisco, probably better examples. Okay, where crime is through the roof, the government is subsidizing poverty. It's paying people in California to do drugs, sleep in tents, and go potty on the sidewalk. Okay, that's a thing. What the hell did you just say? That's just reality. Okay, California is the world's largest outdoor restroom. Okay, it is. You know, you get the kids on the phone. You're like, kids, good news. We're going to Disneyland. Yeah, Yeah, then you get a block outside of the airport in Inglewood and you see someone going big potty on the sidewalk. It's disgusting out there to watch a society let itself go the way it has. Okay, we see it in New York, see it in San Francisco, we see it in L.A. I mean, if you're in Austin, Texas right now, woo, man, are they not playing defense in Austin? There's some bad things going on down there. But we could name cities all over the country where this happens to be a common threat. I bring this up because Gavin Newsom, who is a guy that's talked about a lot as, you know, maybe the future of the Democratic Party, is presiding over, you know, what I would consider to be one of the most spectacular societal failures we've ever witnessed. There are more people moving out of California than any other state in the country. Now, I know they have a big population, but if you break it down on a percentage level, the fact remains 
Okay, if Gavin Newsom really wanted to help the environment, if these far left Democrats really cared about the environment, they wouldn't force electric vehicles on you and me. They'd force electric vehicles on U-Haul because there are so many U-Hauls that are fleeing Democratic run states. You might be able to offset the carbon emissions with U-Hauls alone fleeing California. But I bring this up because Newsom has been talked about as, you know, this guy's a potential front runner in 2024. If Biden doesn't run, I want to be very clear. Biden is not running. Okay, no serious person thinks he's running. I know Biden has told us repeatedly that he thinks he's running. But like I said, no serious person thinks Biden's running. Biden's lost his marbles. Okay, with that being said, he's still the president. He's 80 years old. He'll be 82 at the end of this term, which means he would be 86 by the end of a potential second term. And there are people in the Democratic Party who want you to believe he's going to run again. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And the claim is what? Well, he's going to run again. Look how good they did in the midterms. They did better than expected. And they did do better than expected. But what was so synonymous with that performance is the fact that 99% of the contenders didn't want to campaign with a guy. So they didn't do better than expected because they got some kind of a Biden bounce. They did better than expected because they stayed the hell away from Joe Biden. Tell him like it is. Okay. That being said, Gavin Newsom finds himself in a precarious spot. He's a guy that's been bandied about as a potential front runner, but he came out over the weekend and told Politico he said the right thing. Okay. He's told everyone in the White House, from the chief of staff to the first lady. Okay, when he visited over the summer, Biden was overseas. You remember Biden took his overseas trip? I don't remember that ever happening. But he did. And while Biden was on the other side of the world, I believe he was at the G20. Okay, Newsom stopped by the White House, walked around with his sport coat over his shoulder like a smooth criminal, like it was a Michael Jackson video. He was a he was a smooth criminal. He's totally false. Yeah, it was nothing smooth about it. He was there measuring the drapes. Okay, but he has come forward to say to Politico, oh, no, I'm all in on Biden 2024. I told that to Jill Biden. I told that to Ron Klain. Biden, Biden, he's our man. If he can't do it, and I mean absolutely no one can. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know the thing. Okay, according to Politico, Newsom told the president, I'm all in. Put me in, coach. We have your back. And why is Newsom doing that? Really quick. I own a politics to English dictionary. It's my job to translate this stuff into plain English. Okay. He considers himself the front runner in 2024. Okay. But if you need to consolidate support within the party at a time when, you know, 90, not 90, I don't want to be inaccurate here. 78% of the country think we're heading in the wrong direction. Under Joe Biden's leadership, 78% of Americans think we're going the wrong way. That can't be good. Okay, couple that with the fact that we have a president who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Okay, that's the reality on the ground. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with... Uh, with, uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, everybody knows the guy ain't running. He's going to say he's running until he isn't. Now, Gavin Newsom's in a precarious place because he wants to be the guy who steps in. And he knows he's got a legitimate chance to do that. Why? Because in a normal situation, you'd say, well, if the president's run for a second term, you know, you know, the vice president steps in. That's not an option. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! Kamala Harris is polling behind ISIS. 
Okay, Gavin Newsom, who did survive a recall, did win re-election pretty convincingly. Why? Because the state is so overwhelmingly liberal. The people who did vote Republican have left the state. They voted with their feet. They've moved to Texas. They've moved to Florida. Gavin Newsom, like, you know, Kathy Hochul here in New York, wins re-election because a lot of the people pulling the lever are voting party over state, are voting party over country. If you're a rich, elite, Upper West Sider here in New York, you don't care about inflation. You don't care about crime. You don't care about homelessness. You want to know why? You're not interacting with any of it. Okay, you're not riding the subway. If you're loaded on the Upper West Side, you're one of those rich women doing yoga with Alec Baldwin's wife, and you just hate conservatives as a lifestyle, and every night at the end of the day, you, you hate yourself so much, you, t- you fill up the bathtub, stick your head in, and just scream in it. Ah! Okay, if that's who you are, you're going to continue to vote Democrat no matter how bad conditions deteriorate in this country. Okay, that's why Gavin Newsom has support in California. Most of the people voting for him live in the Palisades. They live in Bel Air. They don't have a homeless problem in Bel Air. Okay, they don't. They don't have the fresh prince. They have the ex-prince of Bel Air. They have Prince Harry hanging out there now. It's not the fresh prince. It's the ex-prince. But they don't have a homeless problem per se. They don't have 10 cities in Bel Air. But those are the people who show up to vote. Okay, the people being plagued by the urban blight that has become, you know, downtown Los Angeles, that has become New York City and the outer boroughs, those are the people that are suffering the consequences that are financed, that are supported by the rich limousine liberal, as the old stereotype would call them. People voting, you know, they say against their own interests. It's not that they're voting against their own interests. They're voting against the interests of other residents of their city. You know, every once in a while you get like a, you know, New York celebrity will write an essay. Like remember when Jerry Seinfeld wrote an essay saying, oh, New York's not dead yet. Yeah, he wrote that from his escape pad in the Hamptons. That's just how white folks will do you. No, you don't understand. New York's coming back. Could you hear me over the helicopter that was flying me out to Sag Harbor? I said New York is fine. A guy like Howard Stern hasn't done a show in the city in two and a half years. But he'll be the first one to tell you, uh, we got this under control. Uh, Democrats are doing this. I'm telling you, you can't vote Republican. Okay, they feel that way because for them, politics is a team sport. But if you're a person on the ground, you don't have the luxury, if you're smart, a voting party. You have to vote quality of life. The old measuring stick in politics was, am I better now than I was two years ago? Am I better now than I was four years ago? Nobody can look around right now in this country and say they're better off now than they were two years ago. Okay. And a guy like Gavin Newsom knows that. So the truth is you're going to see posturing moves like this from guys like Newsom who have every intention of being the Democratic standard bearer in 2024. They just can't say so now because we have this delicate thing going on where you've got Grandpa Pudding Cup in the White House. They're pretending he's in charge of the country, leading him around from ice cream shop to ice cream shop. Okay, hoping the Hunter Biden investigation goes away and hoping you'll buy any of this nonsense that all of our problems are Vladimir Putin's fault, even though prices were going up 14 months before we invaded Ukraine. You know, there's a big article on FoxNews.com right now about how Biden and the administration are scrambling to account for $20 billion we sent to Ukraine because now that the Republicans have won the House, they can actually go out and audit that money. That was not a consideration when they first started Venmoing Zelensky way back when. Oh, I'm in trouble. He's in huge trouble. And I'm just telling you, there's a multitude of reasons why he's not going to run. But Gavin Newsom getting ahead of this 
is saying he's all in for Joe Biden, and that's going to become the thing to say. Kamala has said it already. Well, if Joe Biden runs, I'm going to be his running man on the ticket. Okay, and I'm sure she believes that because if he was dumb enough to pick her once, he's probably dumb enough to pick her twice. But at the same time, she was kind of a really good insurance policy in that as long as long as she was the vice president, we were never going to push that hard to hit Joe Biden with the 25th Amendment. I mean, you really think about that. Okay, the minute conversations start talking about Joe Biden, okay, getting sent off to the Shady Pines, you know, retirement home, you have to hear the words Kamala Harris is the president of the United States of America. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. Okay, so to be clear, I don't believe Joe Biden is running in 2024, and neither should you. Okay, neither does Gavin Newsom. He doesn't believe that. OK, but he's going to keep up appearances till they get the go ahead to step in and do something. Do you remember the movie Better Off Dead? It's a really funny part of Better Off Dead where the John Cusack character, Lane Meyer, gets dumped by a girl named Beth. You know, she dumps him for a guy who can ski the K-12. <laughs> but if you remember, there's this funny running gag in the movie where everybody he runs into asks if they can date Beth. They're like, hey, I just wanted to stop by. Yeah, good to see you. By the way, you wouldn't mind if I took out Beth, would you? And it's like his college professor says it. The kids, you know, one of the kids he goes to school with. Hey, you wouldn't mind if I take out Beth, would you? Okay, everybody asks if they could take out Beth. That's where we are with the Biden presidency right now. Okay, everybody knows he's not running again yet. But it's still too soon to step in and say you want to take out Beth. So Gavin Newsom is just hanging out in the background skiing the K-12. Okay, that's what he's doing. Joe Biden won't run again in 2024, but he will be president to the end of this term because Kamala Harris sucks. Okay, that's just the reality of what's going on in the news cycle today. And nothing will happen between now and then to change that. Will he run in 2024? No. Okay, but the rest of the way, buckle up, because Joe Biden could be out at that podium a week from today telling people he was Batman, and they're still going to stick with him till the end of the term. It's the rock album that's got audiences sneaking into the country. White House Records presents Elton Joe. Twelve Elton John anthems reworked in honor of our 46th president. Music so good, it's like a drug. Don't let my son smoke crack on me. Cause then he gets naked. It always winds up on TV. Elton Joe, coming soon to a retirement home near you. Lost my damn mind, I lost my damn mind. Now I can't find the word. Thing is going to become God gets you and when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day on the show. Mike Pence coming up, former vice president of the United States of America. And of course, Harris Faulkner joining us in the next break. She being the queen of daytime, host of the Faulkner Focus. A show I will be appearing on tomorrow at 11.45 Eastern Standard. And then I will, of course, be gracing the outnumbered couch with Harris and Emily and Kaylee uh, this coming Thursday, December the 1st. It is crazy to think we have entered into December territory. But I'm fine with you playing your Christmas music now. 
Okay. If you plan it before Thanksgiving, you're kind of a sociopath. Let's be honest. It's like you're living in a perpetual year-round CVS where we just do all the holidays three months ahead of time. What do you do? You start eating Easter candy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? February 3rd. You know, same, you know, everything comes too soon now. They put out the Valentine stuff the day after Christmas, the Christmas stuff the day after the Halloween. Cool down. You know, they say let the turkey cool. Let the turkey cook. Okay, now that the turkey's been eaten, you want to put on your Christmas stuff, put on your Christmas stuff. But the point is, you don't overdo it. It loses its luster. I think he's got a point. I was one of my concerns when Trump launched his campaign two years early. What did I say? It's a long time. It's a lot of Trump. You're ushering in the season a little too soon. It's really hard to sustain that kind of momentum, especially if, you know, you're going to start having dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Kanye West and some anti-Semite white supremacist jackass named Nick Fuentes. We're going to get into that. It may come up with Harris. It'll definitely come up with Pence. Unforced errors. I say this all the time. This is certainly not an anti-Trump show. I'm not an anti-anything show. Look at me. The only thing I'm anti is exercise. Look at me. Okay, but it was an unforced error by the president over the weekend that's making a lot of headlines. We're going to get into it with Harris. We'll get into it with Pence. And we got to keep talking about this Biden-Gavin Newsom thing because it's just hilarious that they're all pretending, well, you know, I'm supporting Biden and he's my guy one way or the other. I mean, he's the president. He's doing such a good job. And the minute the news camera shut off, they're all like, let's go, Brandon. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are, folks. Joining me now in studio, (laughs) not only the queen of daytime, not only a national best-selling author, but hot off the presses, we've got a new book out. It's called Faith Still Moves Mountains, Miraculous Stories of the Healing Power of Prayer. Harris Faulkner is in the house. Hey, girl. Well, hello. You were my, my seatmate at the Patriot Awards. That's a thing. We and had- it was so much fun. And you, you killed it on stage. I mean, just oh, Harris. so funny. And I, because I haven't seen you live. Yes. I oh, mean, that's outside true. of the studio that, and on that my is, show. <laughs> but that's, no, that's true. That was actually the first time watching me do stand-up. Yeah. And uh, i got to be honest, I was slightly distracted. There was a woman at the head table in a yellow dress. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, it's, it's so funny. Because the Patriot Awards, as I said on stage, it's the Oscars with camouflage. Okay, Mm -hmm. we're saluting a lot of brave, heroic men and women. I wear my camo on the inside. Oh, girl. So Harris is a team. And I had a three-foot-long ponytail, so I was really throwing some people off. That was It was so gangster. But I, for me, selfishly, I loved it because I was sitting next to you, and you get so much camera time because you (laughs) are a human parade float. So I'm just sitting (laughs) at the table. I'm just like, she actually has a person who throws lollipops behind her as she walks down the street. It's an actual parade float. But I got so much screen time just by sitting at your table. It was a win for me. How did I just get turned into Charlie Wonka? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. You got moves. candy's being thrown behind me. Listen, you've got moves. Really quick. We have so much substance to get into, but you said something to me. You're doing a digital book signing. Uh, in the villages, is that where this is? Or explain this to the me, villages, so I don't screw it up. The villages, <laughs> <laughs> Barnes and Noble down in the villages of Florida, and I'm so excited. Um, we did something at the Patriot Awards, and I've been doing it ever since at book signings. We started doing prayer circles okay. because what I realize is when people read "Faith Still Moves Mountains," just the mm-hmm. title of it, they begin to contemplate what they can do in their own lives, mm-hmm. and that's. That's the journey for me. I mean, I'm called to be a witness. I'm not called to prophesize. The divine assignment on my life Mm -hmm. is to tell other people's stories. I'm a journalist. And it just so happens that these are faith testimonies, these stories are. And people are finding them as, like, 
fuel mm-hmm. to the fire mm-hmm. and they're ready to pray. And I say, well, while we're all together, don't look, Fauci. We're going to hold hands. <laughs> and then everyone gets a ticket for not social distancing. It's a whole to do. You no, know what? Kidding. We're all taking it for the team, baby. What a rebel. The spiritual that, team. That Harris Faulkner. Well, you talk about the spiritual team. Let me give you a great line that's in this book. This is a fascinating book. If you're a guy listening to the show, you specifically would be drawn to. It's weird. The vernacular of this book about prayer. Here's the line. Are you ready for it? I wrote this down. I wrote it down. Okay, right before the passage on persistence, because, you know, you break the book down along. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. this is the line. Prayer is more than just wishful thinking. It's discipline. It's warfare. It's how we fight back against darkness. Like to to a guy like me who like, you know, I grew up in one of those intellectually stunted houses where we can only (laughs) we can only communicate through sports references. You know what I mean? That's good, too. Like if it's like if it's if it's if it's bad news, I'm like, the Yankees suck. But if it's like good news, oh, the Yankees, you know, and that's how you'd always communicate with them in your life. But the vernacular of this book, it really is pretty cutting in that it speaks to this efficiency in all of us of wanting to do better and do better for those around us. I actually really enjoyed this one, Harris. Well, thank you. And you know, I was raised by a warrior. Well, that's what I was going to And there are a lot of warriors in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And what I try to get people to do, and I can't even believe you read the book. So I feel blessed for that because, you know, Jimmy's busy. Um, but but what I want people to do is to whatever season that they're in mm-hmm. to look at this book is kind of an entry, mm-hmm. an entryway to better best whatever's coming. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what age you are. Although tremendously, a lot of young people are reading the book mm-hmm. because it teaches you how to get started praying. There's a glossy insert. Jesse yep. Waters loves this part because <laughs> um, he loves a glossy insert. And those are original prayers. Got together with a theologian to come. Mm-hmm. Come Because it's got to be short. Yeah. Because other people can't imagine. That's why they don't always turn to the Bible. It's it's they're not quite there yet in their faith walk. Mm-hmm. So, but the idea of a warrior, the world wants us to give up the fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is real. Spiritual warfare is real. The devil is alive. I'll say he's not well, but he's alive. <laughs> he's, he's walking the planet. Up. He's got a lot of disciples. Mm-hmm. And if we want great things in our lives against all the obstacles that we'll always face, Mm -hmm. you know, I lost my dad on Christmas Day in 2020. Now I don't have a living parent and my kids are still young. That's a mountain. And -hmm. I've been praying about how do you move the the sorrowful heart that I still have for the last two years. Um, But you do pray your way through it. You, you get, do. You get it done. Harris Faulkner is in the studio. The new book, Faith Still Moves Mountains, Miraculous Stories of the Healing Power of Prayer. Um, oh, I have one announcement. Come on, Harris. So in the last 72 hours, Ooh. I have a number one New York Times bestselling book. Take off the apron, baby. What? We are oh going goodness. out tonight, girl. Just call me Wheezy. Oh, Wheezy. <laughs> we are going out tonight, Thank girl. You Congratulations. That. Thank you. That's a big deal. It, it is a big and deal. I'm going to put my yellow was... dress back on from the Patriot <laughs> The yellow Awards. dress is back. It might be money green now, girlfriend. Let's not oh, lie. No. Um, and by the way, we didn't even know that was coming. That's how good the audio timing is on this show. You just said that. <laughs> You just said that, and we knew to have the Jeffersons ready. You're That's very impressive. funny. No, no, we're not messing around, Harris Faulkner. So let me ask you this, because faith can move mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can faith move domestic energy production back to this country? Because there's things going on in Venezuela right now. Of course it can. That my audience has a, 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 an issue with. You take it away. I mean, this is crazy. But the devil is at work here, right? Yeah. So the devil would this. love for us, mm-hmm. as a beacon of light on this planet, to do business with the dirtiest oil providers, with dictators, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I, I wondered, 
if this was still true. So okay. I started looking at this. Mm-hmm. Screams often spill out. This is in the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Screams often spill out in the halls of the headquarters of Venezuela's intelligence service agency, investigators say. They found that detainees who are often journalists, activists, or government opponents are routinely subjected to beatings, rape, electrical shock, mutilation, asphyxiation, and other types of torture. This was dated less than 45 days ago. That's insane. And this is who yeah, This is still going on. September 21st, 2022 mm-hmm. at 844 in the morning Eastern time. That story hit the Washington Post. And so mm-hmm. why is Biden and his administration, why are they doing a deal with Venezuela so that Chevron can go and produce oil there, but we can't be energy independent? Why? Yeah. Senior officials say because they want to ease the sanctions, um, not driven by the oil market pressures or prices, instead to respond to Venezuela's regime's decision this week to negotiate with the opposition groups. They're torturing them. Yes. As of September 21st. I mean, do they think we're stupid? Yes, they do. And yes, God can move that mountain, mm-hmm. but you got to get the devil move first. Mm-hmm. So, so we're in it for the warfare with our prayers here. And all of that aside, back to the politics for mm-hmm. just a second. Do they think we're stupid? They do, but they do think we're stupid. That's the problem. Uh, and, Why and, can't we do what we can do here, Jimmy? Well, the frustration is, I think, for a lot of people that there might be good intentions behind the green energy movement, but those good intentions are the vessel through which they're but traveling. they're drinking. Yes. <laughs> there are people that don't understand the energy market or don't understand the economy because there's no world where we can get out of bed and do this without fossil fuels probably in the next 200 Fact. years. We can't. So, Fact. But knowing that's the starting point, the, we're just pretending from here. And if we're burning fuel cleaner in this country by outsourcing it to other countries, what I always say is this is like, you know, the mafia doesn't get their hands dirty. They cut a check for somebody else to do the deed. That's what we're doing. This is an ACDC song, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. We're having them produce this energy. But then what does it cost? More energy to get it back into the country. So all these clean energy people, maybe they are good. OK, maybe some of them are good. OK, well, but they, yeah. yeah, not everybody. Yeah, is of bad. course. But that doesn't mean they understand at which point, you know, if you're in a bar and your buddy's acting up, you got to go get him. Is okay, this, you got to go get him. Is this segueing to Alyssa Milano? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming! She's so good at this. You should have two shows. Harris Faulkner. I do. I know. I'm aware. I'm on one of them tomorrow. Harris Faulkner's in studio. So Alyssa Milano over the weekend. So great. I love a celebrity virtue signal more than anybody. I like people who read. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. We're out of luck here, but stick with me. No, I'm kidding. We'll get there. So Alyssa Milano over the weekend announces to the world that she's traded in her Tesla for a Volkswagen because Elon Musk is empowering Nazis by allowing free speech on the app, at which point she is quickly educated about the fact that Volkswagen's origins aren't the best origin story when it comes to World War II and their involvement with the Nazis, which was kind of funny. And I think she was on the wrong end of a ratio of about 98,000 likes within the first hour. That's pretty crazy stuff. Um, But what I find fascinating is we've turned a lot of politics, Harris, into a branding exercise. And branding meaning it reflects well on you personally in your social circles to say, hey, I care about the environment or I care about people or I care about injustice. Mm -hmm. But there is, as you just said, so much injustice behind the green energy movement, whether it's Venezuela torturing people or us getting uh, solar panels that are made in the Uyghur province of China where they're produced by slave labor. I mean, but that's what we're doing. Those are facts. So it's it's good branding to say I support green energy. But if you look just an inch below the surface, there is so much human injustice. So how did branding in that sense Mm -hmm. also be how could it be coupled with I know nothing? Mm -hmm. 
I don't read. I don't study. In fact, I'll just tweet with no knowledge. That's more. It's sad, but that's most of what's out there because it's it's the convenience of this. In social media, again, it's not so much about getting it's it. It's the judgment of yeah, this. We're being judged for, for knowing the difference between cow patties and yeah. and chocolate cookies. <laughs> well, there's a line in the book, okay, that really does apply to what we're doing in politics. I'm just going to bounce back and forth. Early on in the book, you well, talk— I've never had anybody do this. <laughs> hey! Yeah, everybody it's usually a Facebook. Just, I know. Everybody usually just reads the jacket and moves on with their life. No, Harris, if you're going to come by and talk about your book, we're going to read the book and discuss it. He read it. There's a line early on where you talk about everyone's individual faith journey and how it's all IKEA furniture and that there's some assembly required. Look at you quoting. You didn't even read that. You just no, no, said I'm that just, from your brain. Girlfriend, I'm paying attention, okay? But stick with me now. Uh I find that so fascinating because I think in this day and age that overlaps with everything, not just your faith journey, but your political journey. Because what are we discussing? There's a lot of people out there that didn't build the furniture. They just want the credit for being like, hey, I bought the mom, you know, or whatever the dresser's called or the kursk or whatever it's called. But they didn't bother to build it. So nobody knows what they're talking about. You know, and wow, I, I, it's it's a fascinating. I'm taking time you to be. on the book tour. I'm saying, <laughs> villages. I'm coming back. I'm coming back uh, to see the ladies. Oh, they would love that. That's oh, your demo, baby. We had. A- <laughs> I mean, my mom thought you were cute. Oh, hold on. Get her on the line. we got to talk about this. Well, she's deceased. No, but get (laughs) anybody. It'll be a very long line. Okay. (laughs) Um, But no, you know, it's interesting because not knowing and going to find your faith and and Mm -hmm. tapping into prayer and tapping into the Bible, that's your season and God meets you right there. Mm -hmm. Not knowing and, and jumping into the world of Twitter is not reality, and it requires that you know some stuff. Because when you don't, then you find out that the company that you traded your American-made Tesla for was started by Nazis under the German labor front, Mm -hmm. which was Hitler's. And then a year later when they – I don't know what they figured out, but they decided to call the company the People's Company. (laughs) I'm not really sure what was going on there. Maybe somebody clued them in. Um, But how could she not even – Think I'm. I'm going to trade in an American-made vehicle, Alyssa mm. Milano, yep. and then I, I'm just going to throw out all directions in life, like IKEA furniture. Just throw it out, <laughs> wing it, and go out and buy the one car that, uh, yeah, uh, for this reference, should not have bought. No, in the assembly required version of that tweet, she did not bring an Allen key to the phone. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> we are like the sober. We're g- <laughs> This is a sober hit, the book. Oh Faith Still Moves Mountains, Miraculous Stories of the Healing Power of Prayer. I'm going to throw two at you that blew me away Okay, uh, really quickly. One of them is about the horrific movie theater shooting out in Aurora, Colorado during a you know a showing of the oh, Batman movie. Oh, the mom movie, was amazing in Where that. the mom hovers over the kid, the mom goes into prayer and says she assumes she's going to die but has somehow made peace with the scenario because I guess yeah. prayer had just leveled her out. Uh, when you hear stories like that, because that's the stuff to me that's the most powerful because it's in a situation of absolute helplessness where you actually feel like you've somehow helped yourself. And that's where I think this book is really empowering to people, even if they're on the fence about religion and the role that faith plays in shaping who we are. That's a really profound moment because it's not a person saying, you know, it's all going to work out. It's just a person, you know, thanks for the memories. It's a captain going down with a ship who miraculously winds up not going down. Oh, well, and it's also a person who's not saying I give up. Yeah. I give this to God. Mm Mm-hmm. Ernestine in the prayer closet, yeah. all of those houses along her block in 2019, Lee County, Alabama. I, I believe 
Former yeah. President Trump went there when this outbreak had happened. It was so monumental at the time, um, at the time, three years yeah. ago. But when she survives, broken hip from the from the twister outbreak, mm-hmm. she survives inside a structure that's wet and worn from all of the rain and wind yeah, and yeah. everything. And when the EMTs show up, she's screaming, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And she said she prayed, thank you for the life you've given me. And if it is your will, thank you for what's ahead while she was surviving the storm. Um, that is mustard seed faith that, yeah. th- that we talk about. It's it's indestructible. It seems tiny. And then it grows to where we reach God with that faith in just a moment's notice. But it is his timing. Yeah. And you're right. It doesn't always mean that you survive or that you come out, you know, the way that you want to come out of something. Mm-hmm. But the storm is important. That's why you pray in life when things are good before the storms come. I'm so yeah. right now I am bowled over but that you would re- read oh. anything in my book. S- stop it, Harris Faulkner. I, I feel you, so blessed by that. I know you're raising a child, a teenager like I am, a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And when they see us do the things that foundationally work, mm-hmm. Rather than what the world tells them, yep, that is the that is such powerful parenting, and and I know a lot of parents are reading the book, and I'm very grateful. I want to say thank you. It means a lot that you're reading it. We are the, as parents, we are the offensive line of society. Oh, I love you the make, football you, reference. Yeah, you can make a lot of plays that don't show up you know in the box score. You need to call about an offensive line. Give it to me, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it was a long one. It was a long one for the Packers. She always leaves you with some football. I'm a Chiefs fan. I know. Of course you are. <laughs> Big day for Harris Faulkner and the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs. The book, Faith Still Moves Mountains, Miraculous Stories of the Healing Power of Prayer. Read it. Call in. You can discuss it with me. I'm pretty well-versed at this oh, point. I'm like, I'm like your second-string copy editor at this point, but it can, was fun. Can I ask you a quick question? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about, like, the prayer closet, places to pray. I always say you need a mm-hmm. time, a place, and to be alone every mm-hmm. day. doesn't have to be fancy. doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a long time. Where do you like to pray? Um, for real, it's usually two places, okay? One is just up at night. Just talking about things. Yeah. You know, I'm very, there's a lot of gratitude in my life. Mm-hmm. This is the other weird thing I do, and I'll do this in 30 seconds. Uh-oh. I pray for random people. Like, I just pass them on the street. Do you And I'm really? like, hey, could you help help that chick out? She's a mess. Or she looks like she's having a good day. Give her, make it better. Or that guy. Or this You're guy. an intercessor. Is that what that is? That what that, that's called, yeah? It is. And a lot of times people say, girl, I'll pray for you. And they don't because they don't know that it can be just as simple as what you describe. In the words of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, just give it away. Give it away. Well, I wasn't going now. there. But I was because we're <laughs> up against a hard break. Harris, you're the cat's pajamas. Um, I just adore you with all my full heart. Oh, it's getting emotional in here. I gotta go. Back after this. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to Harris Faulkner, the queen of daytime. You will see me on her television program tomorrow at 11.45 Eastern Time, right before I get on the air here with you and do some radio. Uh, But coming up in the next hour, holy hot dang, former vice president of the United States of America, Mike Pence, is going to be joining us to discuss his on-again, off-again bromance with the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. We're going to get into all things America. It's pretty much a state of the union, not like the Jake Tapper version where nobody watches and there's a lot of shilling for the left-wing propaganda, Uh, but an actual state of the union of where are we, where are we going, how do we get back on track, the whole thing. The point is we're going to get America, you know, to the extent that you can on the radio anyway, under control for a few minutes, so you better not go anywhere. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. We are lacing them up for a pretty big hour on this show or any show for that matter. Mike Pence, former vice president of the United States, is going to stop by and have a grown-up talk with your radio buddy. Uh, He, of course, has a book out that he is selling. Uh, The book, available for purchase everywhere uh, right now, is called So Help Me God. Refers to the oath he took under the Constitution when he was sworn in as vice president. And to be honest with you, is not the book I think it's being characterized as in the media. And the reason I say that off the tippy top of the show is uh, this guy wrote a very long book about his life and career in politics and the role that faith played in making him the person that he is. Talking about his upbringing as, you know, dad was a Korean War veteran. His family owned a gas station in Indiana, and he, of course, spent a lot of time in radio before he got into politics. It's a pretty interesting read. i got to be honest with you. But what it's not is a Trump bash. It's not, oh, you believe Trump, this, blah, blah, blah. He's just not doing that. Uh, Mike Pence is very much a high road guy for all intents and purposes, and I know he has taken exception to some of the president's antics of the past few weeks. Uh, But let's be very clear uh, on this show, when we get on the air every day, My obligation to you, the listener, is to give you what I consider to be my most well-informed opinion on any subject we're discussing. Okay, you in return have the right to counter that. This is not an omnipotent, I'm the man radio hour where if you don't agree with me, get off my phone. You know, it's not one of those. Okay, this is a safe space. You can believe whatever the hell you want. But my goal in this hour is to give you the person behind the politics. You'll get to know Mike Pence. You'll get to know what informed some of the most critical decisions he made. And you might even come to form an appreciation for the role he made in making Donald Trump the 45th president, because the truth is he would not have won the presidency without Mike Pence's support. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. It's just worth throwing out there really quick is that Trump had a big problem in the summer of 2016 because, you know, he had been married multiple times and was having a real difficult time courting evangelical voters who to this day never really thought he was one of them. They just had Mike Pence's co-signing the fact that Trump would be a pro-life president. And was he ever? He support, you know, he nominates Supreme Court justices that ultimately overturned Roe versus Wade, which from a legislative standpoint, not even that it was legislation, it was a Supreme Court ruling, had been the holy grail of the culture war issues in this country dating all the way back to 1973. So you're talking about a 50 year in the making victory that no one thought was even possible a year before it happened, two years before it happened, six months before it happened. I mean, it really blindsided the political world. And it was only possible because Trump became president and followed through on his promises, promises he was in a position to make because Mike Pence helped him consolidate the evangelical vote at a time when it was critical in the summer of 2016. So what's really interesting about the read is that Pence goes to great lengths to talk about all the great things Trump did, how the media never gave the guy the credit for any of his accomplishments, how most of the covid pandemic was spent with the White House task force led by Pence fighting covid while the media and the Democrats fought them. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. And he really speaks to the damage it's doing in this country. And of course, yes, does speak to the contentious aftermath of the 2020 election. But what you're going to find when you talk to him is he's not getting on the air to like do a Trump bash and this will sell me more books. So I'll say anything. He is a principled guy for whatever you think of him. 
And I've got to tell you, if you are a Republican listening to this and you do think Trump is owed another shot at the White House, he'd be wise to heed some of the measured lessons of a guy like Mike Pence. Okay, Trump, and you've heard me say this on the show a lot, is he's kind of like the Odell Beckham of presidents. You know Odell Beckham, he's in trouble again right now because he got kicked off a flight yesterday when he was flying north from Miami. He's a guy that makes a lot of spectacular plays on the field but has a lot of off-the-field issues that overshadow the team. A good example here for Odell Beckham would be him getting thrown off the plane or, you know, he famously, when he was a New York Giant, they were getting ready to play the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. And he, of course, was photographed having a boat party with no shirts on, bottles of champagne and weed everywhere a week before the biggest game of the year. What the hell is wrong with you? That was pretty much the reaction. It created a circus-like atmosphere that the rest of his teammates had to answer for. And, you know, for better or for worse, Trump, although we all love and support his policies, has a penchant for doing that. This past weekend, he got into a lot of trouble because he was having dinner with Kanye West and a noted anti-Semite and white supremacist by the name of Nick Fuentes. Now, you might not know much about Nick Fuentes. I don't know a hell of a whole lot about him. I just know that he's essentially been ostracized from polite society, mainly in conservative circles because they're more familiar with him than liberals are because the guy's a little out there and he's got a history of being a rabid anti-Semite. Now, of course, Trump had dinner with Kanye over the weekend and you can say he had a big heart and he's just looking out for Kanye and that's fine. okay? but understand when we're trying to win back a percentage of the country that gets out of bed and calls Trump a racist simply so they can feel better about themselves. Okay, you just made the task that much harder for the team. Giving them the ammo of Kanye West just lost a billion and a half dollars because of his anti-Semitic remarks, just lost his sponsorships with Adidas because of his anti-Semitic remarks. When you go out and have dinner with that guy because, ah, it's a little provocative, it'll make headlines, and then he brings along some other anti-Semite, okay, you really don't have, I'm just telling you, it's an unforced era. You don't have a lot of, t- a lot of latitude with people who already hate you. If you call them up and say, well, come on, you got to forgive me here. I had no idea who this anti-Semite was. That my anti-Semite friend brought to dinner. I had no, I didn't know him. I was just eating dinner with the one anti-Semite. I didn't know the other guy was an anti-Semite. And to be clear, I'm not even telling you Trump is an anti-Semite. His daughter's Jewish. She converted to marry Jared Kushner. I am not telling you he's an anti-Semite. But I am telling you that everyone in the media is about to. Because if you give them that inch, they will take as many miles as they can. That's just how they work. It's called an unforced error for a reason. This was not an issue going into the weekend, but it happened. And what I'm saying to you is if you're listening to the show, I'm not telling you how dare you support Donald Trump, get him out, he's no good. What I'm telling you is if you want this guy to be the Republican standard bearer in 2024, he's got to start playing a lot more personal defense than he's playing. Because understand, there's something going on now in politics that wasn't going on two years ago, let alone two months ago, which is Republican leadership openly questioning whether or not Trump can lead this party into the future. Here is Asa Hutchinson. He's the governor of Arkansas. Do you know how red Arkansas is? Trump won Arkansas with like 104 percent of the vote. Like, it's crazy. Everybody in Arkansas votes for Trump. So understand, for their governor to come out, And say, yeah, Trump's not the way forward. That's, you know, that's not a fight the guy really wants to pick unless he believes in his heart that he has to. 
And again, this is not Jimmy doing the Trump's got to go radio hour. That's not what I'm doing. But I am trying to have a sober assessment of our politics with you before it's too late because I owe you that as a friend. You are not my fan. You are not my listener. You are my friend. If I go to a meet and greet, you go to a stand-up show and you meet me, you're not going to feel like you ran into some celebrity that you see on TV every day. You're going to feel like you've known me your whole life because you kind of have. We're the same people. We prioritize the same things. But here is Asa Hutchinson, the governor of Arkansas. He's on State of the Union yesterday talking about the 2024 election. Here it is, clip nine. It is, to me, predictable that uh, in what we need, as, as you see... Uh, the party moving away from Donald Trump, as you see uh, us understanding the cost of the last midterm election, that we can't have candidates that win a primary but lose November. You can't have a candidate that can't attract suburban uh, voters uh, and independents. And so everyone has recognized that. Not So I applaud uh, the Vice President uh, Pence of uh, 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 the others that you mentioned, Chris Christie, that's been very outspoken. We need more of those voices, not fewer. And I expect those voices to increase. Listen, he's not wrong. They are going to increase because people, you know, number one, some of them have their own political ambitions and want to run. But number two, the other thing is people feel a little more empowered after the midterms because the biggest Trump endorsements didn't win. Okay, the Carrie Lakes of the world, the Blake Masters of the world, they didn't win. You know, the Adam Laxalts of the world, the Dr. Oz's of the world, Herschel Walker's going into a runoff. J.D. Vance matters. Trump won Ohio for J.D. Vance, a state he would not have won. But sadly, his endorsements in high-profile situations around the rest of the country did about as well as Ohio State did against Michigan this weekend. (laughs) Sorry if that was too soon for Jenny and her family. But Chris Christie is a former New Jersey governor. He was the first legitimate politician at the time the governor of New Jersey on his way out to throw his support behind Donald Trump when he dropped out in the 2016 election. Chris Christie got behind Donald Trump, okay, just the way Jeff Sessions got behind Donald Trump. And what happened? The second they disagreed with Trump on anything, they were thrown out of his orbit, okay? Trump has a very transactional nature, where if you're with him, you're the greatest guy in the world. If you're against him one time out of a billion, you're a rhino and everybody hates you. And that's kind of where he finds himself with Mike Pence at this moment. Mike Pence is on record as saying the Republican voters can get better leadership uh, in 2024. This guy will say anything. Okay, but understand, that's the same Mike Pence who really fought this ground war for Donald Trump. And when January 6th happened and he certified the results of the election despite the appearance of what he himself will tell you is fraud in some instances, okay, he didn't believe in his heart that there was enough fraud to have swung the election. Now, that could be right. That could be wrong. He took an oath under the Constitution and adhered to it. You can differ with his approach, and you'll have an opportunity to because he's coming up on the show, and we're going to have an honest conversation about it. And I'm not doing a Twinkie munch with the guy like, you're so awesome. What's it like being so awesome? Okay, I'll ask him every question I can think of and any question you want to run into the huddle before he gets here. But the point is we're trying to make informed decisions right now. And, you know, two weeks ago when Trump decided he was going to launch his campaign in the aftermath of the midterms, everybody I know who knows Trump well, I mean well, uh, talked about the fact that he had already made up his mind that he was running and wasn't interested in recalibrating whether or not to launch right after the midterms. Uh, And once that happened, there was no talking to the guy. And that seems to be part of the problem now, too, is somebody in his orbit 
should have jumped in the way Saturday night or Friday night, whatever night it was, and said, hey, you know Kanye West is a nice guy and a good rapper, and who doesn't like a good naked Kim Kardashian picture on the cell phone? I mean, you know, Lord knows there's no shortage of those to go around. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but the point is, as optics go, when you're trying to beat back the perception that you lack the personal impulse control, okay, to be the leader of the free world, that you are embedded with racist and white supremacists and everything in between. I don't believe for a second that Trump is a white supremacist. I don't believe that for a second. You never heard a word about that till he ran for office. And all the people calling him racists hung out with him until they didn't. Okay, the Clintons went to his wedding. He went to Elton John's wedding. He was on The View all the time. He was on Morning Joe all the time. He hung out with Barbara Walters. He hung out with Rosie O'Donnell, of all people. He used to be friends with her. There's a slob. There's a real slob. So the point is, I get how transactional the media and the political class was when it comes to Donald Trump. He has the same issue on his side of the coin when it comes to being transactional for the people who've supported him the hardest. Jeff Sessions thrown right out the door. Christie right out the door. Mike Pence. They were chanting, hang Mike Pence on January 6th. Listen, I have a, I'm of a good mind to believe like 30% of the crowd at the Capitol were actually feds. That's where I come in on this. So I don't really want you to think for, you know, for a second, okay, that I'm just buying what the Democrats are selling because I'm not. I'm being honest with you, man. I'm telling you what I know based on who I know, based on what I've read, based on how much time I give to this show. Okay, and that's the conversation we're going to have with Pence when he gets on here, okay, is we'll break it down. And I, you know, we'll talk about his own ambitions or, you know, what could have been done differently or where he stands with Trump now. All of it's in play. That's the whole point of this show. It is a good old fashioned talk show. There's not enough of them left anymore. You know, most people get on the air. There's some agenda or they're, you know, going to show for Trump because if he gets elected again, they've got access to the White House. There's a lot of that in the media, believe me. And there's also a lot of people in the media who hate him as a full time job because it pays well. Okay, every single person that hung out with him in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, they all loved him. Okay, and then the minute he came down the escalator, they were like, he's literally Hitler. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But they still tried selling it because it paid well for a while until it didn't. So today's show, it's Monday, we got a big week ahead of us, uh, is about the path forward. It's about 2024. It's about how we got to where we are here in 2022. It's about how we get to where we need to go in 2024. And if anybody deserves a voice in the huddle, it's a guy that was just vice president for four years. So stick around, because Mike Pence is joining us when we come back on Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've just been informed that Mike Pence is running a few minutes late. That's just how white folks will do you. He's on his way, though. So if you need to get to a signal with a good signal, go ahead and do so. We're going to be talking with the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. And again, we're not doing like a, the bash Trump radio hour. There's enough of that going on in the media right now. He's getting crushed for this stupid. I mean, Nick Fuentes, just so you know, is one of those idiots that denies the Holocaust. 
Okay, it's just it's a non-starter, man. And you can talk to me about freedom of speech. And yes, Barack Obama hung out with Jeremiah Wright. Barack Obama hung out with Farrakhan. Yes, Ilhan Omar is a raging anti-Semite in Congress. All of this is true. But Trump doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. The game is still the game. Do you understand? The Democrats have succeeded with help from the media as selling Donald Trump to an overwhelming amount of Americans as a racist, as a bigot. Okay, and yes, you know and I know he's not an anti-Semite. His daughter's Jewish. She converted for Jared Kushner. Okay, he's not an anti-Semite. You know that. I know that. Does the rest of the country know that? The answer would be no. They don't care. Do you understand? That's the challenge of right now. It's about discipline. So that was it was a rough, unforced era uh, by the Trump man over the weekend. And I'm not going to bag on him all day. I'm just telling you, I do, for all intents and purposes, political sports talk radio. That's what I do. You know, if you turn on a sports show right now, they're telling you why the local team won or lost or what they need to do better or what the coach could have did better. Okay, that's kind of how I assess politics. Like, I'll talk to you. I'll give you an unvarnished opinion. And, hey, this is what happened today. This is why I think it happened. Okay. And the truth is, if this is political sports talk radio, that was um, a butt fumble. Remember the old New York Jets play where Mark Sanchez famously is playing the Patriots? <laughs> and ran into the center's butt and fumbled the ball, uh, <laughs> dropped onto the ground. And, you know, typical New York Jets fashion. This stuff happens all the time. That was embarrassing. Okay, you're pretty used to it as a Jets fan. But not yesterday. They had a big day. Jets had a backup who became a starter. They sat down horny Zach Wilson. <laughs> they had a big day. And they lit up the Chicago Bears. So it was a good day. It's a good day to be a Jet yesterday. Okay, but the point is, unforced errors. They do happen a lot. And when it comes to a guy like Trump, I'm certainly not bringing Pence on to bash him. I don't need to be in the middle of a political firestorm. I'm just a talk show host. But there are a lot of unforced errors. And uh, if you are a guy who supports Trump going forward, which, again, I'd support him over any Democrat out there. It's not a single solitary Democrat I'm going to vote for over, over Trump. But it'd be a good thing to discuss tomorrow on the show is what is the plan going forward to try to limit those types of mistakes? Okay, if you want him to be the guy, how do we get him to stop eating dinners with the Kanye Wests and the Nick Fuentes of the world? Because I'm telling you, if you're trying to win support from women and independence, having steak tartare with a couple of Nazis isn't going to do it, dude. So we got to do a little better. And we got to get Mike Pence. Poke him with a stick. He's coming up next. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Holy heck, it's Cyber Monday, you guys. Everybody's trying to make a home run deal on the Internet. I don't know. How about you buy tickets to see me at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City, Friday, December 9th, Saturday, December 10th. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Maybe so, but it's still a good deal. In the spirit of Cyber Monday, if you go to BricktownComedy.com, you will get tickets to see your radio buddy slanging jokes down in the OKC. Following week, I am in Summit City, uh, at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Those tickets, of course, available to you, the listener, Friday night, December the 16th, Saturday night, uh, December the 17th, my birthday. You can get those tickets at summitcitycomedy.com. It's a hell of a Cyber Monday deal. I mean, if you got people in your family that are Fox News super fans, you get them Christmas presents, early Christmas presents. Hey, you're going to go see Jimmy Fallon, Fox News guys, all over the channel. They're going to be excited. It's a big deal. And I got to be honest, if you have uh, family that are big CNN fans, they're also going to be excited. Maybe not in the way the other people were, but it'd be fun nonetheless. 
I'm telling you, that's fine by me. People who come, when I do stand-up in the city, just so you guys understand, because we live in such a hyper-partisan time, you know, I'm on the road all the time, going to markets that carry the show, meeting the listeners, doing the meet and greets and stuff like that. But when I do events here in the city, the you know, if I just walk on stage at a comedy club where they're like hardcore New York liberals, they don't know anything about me and they don't know Fox News. I mean, they know it from afar. They hate it. Uh, I go on stage and I burn it down. I kill. I do the hits. I do the best 15 minutes I have in my hour. Okay, burn it to the ground. And at the 15 minute mark, after they've all loved me and laughed at me and decided like I was the best comic on the show, I then tell them that I work at Fox News. And it's the greatest thing in the world because <laughs> they're all, you know, it's laugh, laugh. We love this guy. We love this guy. We love this guy. By the way, I work at Fox News. <laughs> and then I make fun of them and I say, hey, 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 just understand. You learned a little something here tonight, didn't you? Because you walked into this room thinking, oh, we must be the bad guys. But here's a newsflash. We're actually good, fun people. You took the money. You laughed for 20 minutes. You can't back out now, and they never do. They laugh. They come along for the ride. And that's the contribution I'm always trying to make over here. You know, that's the point, is you're trying to get the country back to a place. This is, it's not a big accomplishment, but it would go a long way in this day and age if we could just simply agree to disagree. Do you remember the old days? It's like, ah, oh, we'll agree to disagree. And that was it. You walked away. You were still friends. You had a beer. You watched a ball game. It doesn't work that way now. Now if you disagree, oh, forget it. Screaming and yelling and canceling you on Twitter. They're not your friend anymore. The point is the country's a mess. And this next guest knows a lot about messes because he's from Indiana where the Colts play. Former vice president of the United States, we are honored to have Mike Pence on the show. Hello, sir. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, thanks for having me on Fox Across America. Uh, it's a, Good to be with you. I'm in Chicago today. Uh, well, I, I know that. And uh, I got to tell you, my crew was really excited to ha finally get a chance to work with a talented syndicated radio host. <laughs> I, I tell you what, Jimmy, I was never as big as you. <laughs> but I, I cherish those years. In the 1990s, I was on a syndicated show just all across the state of Indiana. And uh, as you know, uh, there's there's nothing like hearing the voice of the American people every day. It's my favorite thing in the world is that in radio, there's a latitude to get to know people and to get to know yeah. subject matter that doesn't exist on TV. TV is an assembly line. What do you got? Why do you got it? Here's a picture of the guy coming up next. Get off my set. You know, radio, it, it's revealing and you get to know people. And I, that's why I've always preferred the medium so much. Uh, but if yeah. you're but if you're a guy who just wrote a book and you happen to be on the radio with a guy who really read it, you are going to have to do some singing for your supper, as I'm sure you remember from your radio days. So let me ask you this, because there's so many you fascinating bet. Mike Pence fun facts in this book that people don't know about you. But can you confirm that at yeah. Hanover, you were the president of a fraternity that was once put on double secret probation like the movie Animal House. That's <laughs> exactly right. It was, uh, I was actually, I became uh, president of my fraternity my sophomore year. It was an incredible learning experience, as my late father would have said. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it was one of my early lessons in leadership, to be honest with you. It was a time when, uh, uh, when I, I got to flex my muscle a little bit first about uh, what it meant to be uh, a leader, to be able to stand on principle, to hold people to a high standard and I write about that, and so help me God, Jim. I appreciate you mentioning it. Of course. We're talking to former Vice President Mike Pence. The new book is called So Help Me God. Another fun fact about your former Vice President, I do believe the first date you went on with then-Karen Whitaker, uh, you took a page out of Rocky's book. In the movie Rocky One. he goes, Ice Skating with Adrian was your first date ice skating. Jimmy, no one has ever made that 
that correlation, but I'm actually really tickled by it because Rocky is one of my favorite movies of all time. But yeah, I I had met her outside uh, the back of a church, uh, which is actually just down the street from the governor's residence in Indiana. I was in law school at the time, introduced myself to her, called her a day or two later and uh, uh, asked if uh, she wanted to do anything. She said she was taking her niece and nephew ice skating asked if I ice skated and I said what are you kidding that I'm you know I was born on skates I can it's no problem at all and uh so, so I was able to hold my own a little bit better than Rocky Balboa did in, in that movie but uh yeah that's where it all began for us it, and it was the ice skating rink at the Indiana State Fairgrounds oh that's amazing yeah Rocky did it on foot uh but yes you were here to four to be referred to as the Italian stallion of the vice presidency <laughs> So congratulations on the new moniker. You know, I was fascinated by so much of your story before we even got to politics. Thank you. This is one of the things I wanted to throw at you, too. It's, you know, your dad's a Korean War veteran. Your family owned a gas station, did they not? Uh, we were in the gas station business, actually. Okay. Yeah. I grew up um, uh, in and around a family business that ended up owning a chain of gas stations mm-hmm. around Indiana. But I, I spent a lot of years working my way through college. Uh, as a gas station attendant, which uh, any of your listeners that are under the age of 40 would have no idea what that is, but it was, you know, you actually had a shirt. I had my first name above my pocket, a marathon patch. You'd run out to the car, wash the windshield, uh, fill up the tank, check the tires, check the oil, and um, uh, and not charge them any more money for it. So it was, it was my my first experience in public service was on the drive at Ray's Marathon, Jimmy. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, listen, I can appreciate that. I spent a lot of time driving a taxi in New York City. And what I always yeah, and what I always tell people is, you know, whatever your end game job is, the way to get there is to really do the heck out of whatever your starting job is, because you'll build a market for yourself with the people in the periphery and one of them will get promoted and maybe take you along for the ride. I mean, career wise, isn't that some of the best advice out there? If you just show up and do your dang job, there might be a better one waiting for you because of it. Oh, I, pr- I promise you it's true, and it doesn't surprise me at all you were a cab driver for a while. You've got that well, approachability and ability oh, to have a conversation with anybody, Jimmy. Well, I, look, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's another one of those great lessons I recounted, so help me God, was, you know, uh, because my dad was with the company that owned a lot of these stations, mm-hmm. when I went to work there, mm-hmm. the guys working back in the bays, the mechanics, you know, were not friendly to me at all because they thought the only reason I got the job was because, you know, who my dad was, which, you know, of course was true. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I came home and dad said, how's it going at work? And as I write in the book, I said, you know, I don't think the guys there like me. I don't know how to get them to like me. And he said, that's easy. He said, just outwork them. <laughs> and, uh, and I went back and again, it was one of those early lessons in service that uh, I just went and, uh, and hustled and worked hard and scrubbed the bathrooms mm-hmm. and scrubbed the bays after they closed down for the night. And, uh, Gosh, it was just a matter of a few weeks when those mechanics all of a sudden all of a sudden came around and, and frankly, forty years later I claim some of them as friends to this day. Oh, that's amazing. See, it's it's amazing what running a wild frat house can do for friendships. I kid. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Well, I brought up the gas station thing too, not only because of the humble beginnings, but 
you know, something that has been at the forefront of our politics the last couple of months is as energy prices spiked, there was a moment where Biden was trashing mom and pop gas stations. And as someone who's worked on the inside of that industry, it was kind of a disingenuous argument from Biden, was it not, to pass this on to the, the mom and pops? Well, it was not not just disingenuous. It was uh, outrageous. Look, what, you know, gasoline prices have shot through the roof. They're still up 60 percent today because uh, of, of the war on energy. I mean, Biden's also tried to blame it on the war in Ukraine. Frankly, they were up 50 percent before the first shot was fired. And uh, this is an administration that literally just announced today or this weekend that they're lifting sanctions on the dictator Maduro in Venezuela at, at a time where they're continuing to sit on, uh, you know, oil and gas lease applications in the United States. So we, I guess we can pump oil from a dictatorship in Venezuela. We can't pump it from Texas and New Mexico and, and uh, you know, the Permian Basin and all these incredible reserves that we have. So, um, yeah, but I, there's no surprise. Always this administration, uh, th- they enact the, the big government liberal policies and uh, – and when the when what you would expect to happen happens, uh, they go looking for somebody to blame anybody other than them and their bad ideas. That's such a great point. We're talking to former Vice President Mike Pence, your 48th Vice President of the United States, the author of So Help Me God. It is available everywhere fine books are sold as of right now. Um, well, I know you know a lot about this administration. You certainly know a lot about the previous one. Now, one of the things I was trying to explain to my listeners is obviously people are trying to pull headlines. You're writing a book and people are trying to stir up some controversy, but your book, by and large, is actually very proud of President Trump's achievements. And I believe one of the things you recount about your fateful Oval Office meeting with him is that you had encouraged him to take a bow in the aftermath of the 2020 election and maybe go on like a victory tour on behalf of all the things you guys had accomplished together. So maybe the road would be paved a little bit better for a future presidential run. Is that kind of where your head was at post-election? Oh, it, it, it really was. Look, um, but I want to go back to your very first point. I'm so so glad to hear you say that, Jimmy, and so many others have recognized it. That, uh, my book, So Help Me God, takes you from when I showed up in a small town in southern Indiana, the son of a combat veteran, a first-generation Irish-American, all the way through public service years. But much of the book is obviously the Trump-Pence administration, and, and I couldn't be more proud uh, of a record that that uh, it rebuilt our military, secured our border, revived our economy, seven million jobs, became energy independence, three Supreme Court justices, three hundred judges on our federal courts. I mean, on and on, we left America stronger and more prosperous. And this last summer, those three justices gave us a new beginning for the right to life in America. So I'm, I'm. Uh, you can read in those pages of that book. Just how proud I am uh, of what we were able to do uh, in those four years, and that, and and it, including seeing our nation through the worst pandemic in 100 years because of the extraordinary innovation and generosity of the American people. But yeah, you're right. Right after the election, I mean, I I never thought we would lose. Um, you know, I saw the incredible enthusiasm out there and. Uh, the truth is we did get 10 million more votes in 2020 than we than we got in 2016. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we came up short. But in the early days, I said to the president, look, I fully supported every legal challenge, uh, some 60 lawsuits that, that campaign had every right to file. Mm-hmm. 
But early on, I told the president uh, before we left for Christmas, as I recounted, so help me God, it was just the two of us in the Oval Office, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And he was getting ready to walk into the back room, and I was getting ready to go to my office and head home for the night. And he said, what do you think we ought to do? And I looked at him, and I said, Mr. President, um, you know, after all these legal challenges play out, if nothing changes, I said, you should take a vow. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, after the 2016 election, we went out and did four or five thank you rallies all across the country. I said, we should do that again. We should just travel across the country thanking the American people for what we were able to accomplish together. And and we, and, and I said, and if you want to run again, run again. And I'll, I'll, always, I'll always wish, because at the end of the conversation, he kind of pointed at me as if to say, that's worth thinking about, mm-hmm. and then walked into the back room. But... Um, you know, I'll always I'll always wish uh, that that he would have grabbed that thought and put it into practice and um, and not not uh, had us lead to that fateful day in January. Yeah, it might have made for an easier January 6th. We're talking to Mike Pence, your 48th vice president. His new book, So Help Me God, is on sale everywhere. Really quick. Could you see how? You know, Donald Trump, over the course of his time in Washington, the the Democrats had repeatedly demonstrated that nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping this man. So could you see how on some level, despite the scrutiny of the election and, of course, former Attorney General Bill Barr weighed in as well to say there was fraud, but not quite to the level that would swing the election. But could you see where it would be really hard for Trump to buy it, given all of the things they tried to do to get rid of you and him? Well, I, I, you know, the president can speak for himself, okay. but I will tell you, as I, as I recounted, so help me God, Jimmy, the, the level of, of, of political attacks mm-hmm. from literally our inauguration day in January 2017 mm-hmm. and every day that followed from Democrats and from their allies in the media was unprecedented in American history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I tell about the day that uh, that he and I on inauguration day, January 20th, 2017, we were in the Oval Office, and it was his very first visit and ended up being just him and me. We were walking back to the residence to meet up with our families and go to the inaugural balls. The president looked up at the residence that was well lit at night, and he looked at me and he said, Mike, this this is, and I, and I kind of filled in the blank as I write in the book. I said, it's humbling. And he said, that's right, it's humbling. But in that moment, as we were walking back to the residence to go to the inaugural balls in 2017, I write back on the stack outside the Oval Office, stack of newspapers, is, the, is a copy of the day's Washington Post, mm-hmm. the headline of which is the quest to impeach Donald Trump begins today. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, literally the day we were inaugurated, and in fact, the days before the whole Russia collusion hoax yep. had already been launched and pushed. And so, you know, I, I, re, I will refuse as long as I live to let, uh, uh, to let the other side know that, uh, that, uh, you know, the, the unending assaults uh, were there and that despite that we accomplished so much, uh, for the American people. And I, I think that's the true history of the Trump-Pence administration, was not just what we did, uh, but the unprecedented, uh, constant uh, attacks 
uh, of the Democrats and their allies in the media that uh, yep. that were the headwinds against which we fought and still delivered for the American people. Did you ever? Uh, you know, to put it in football terms, they were blitzing you guys every down. And, every day. Uh, so I will really quickly, as someone who was blitzed yeah. every down, we will end this on football talk. Should my yeah. fans bet your Indianapolis Colts tonight on Monday Night Football over the Steelers? I'm liking it. I like what's happening with the, the new coach, Jeff Saturday. Okay. I think there's a spark. You saw the Eagles. Jimmy, come on. You saw the Eagles game. <laughs> Pence, inflation's at a 40-year high, man. We got to get something, this bet right. <laughs> something is happening with the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, I've only been a fan for about 35 years. So I'm going to hang in, and I'll be cheering the Colts tonight. Rock and roll. Bet the Colts. That's the message. Bet the Colts and use some of that victory money to buy a copy of So Help Me God. Uh, Mike Pence, a high honor having you on the show today, my man. Jimmy Fallon, you're the best. Thanks for having me on Fox Across America. You too. There he goes. There we go back after this. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.